are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Battery Nation, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman. What's today? Is today Wednesday? Today is Wednesday. Well, Corona, I lose track of my days, honestly. But today is Wednesday, and I'm happy to be back with you guys. We have a special guest on today. So we're going to talk about the Houston Texans, you know, some expectations with a lot of different things in three different phases, offense, defense, contracts. What will the uh, upcoming season bring? I can't wait to discuss it. However, Cody, you know, um, Players have a lot of time on their hands right now. And with time on their hands, they use their hands, especially if you're a receiver, and you use your phone. And today, you know, as everybody knew, the Patrick Mahomes deal is still ringing through sports, period, with that half a billy. Are you silly? Can't pass on that contract that he received from the Kansas City Chiefs. And DeAndre Hopkins had a little bit to say, and honestly, it's hilarious. He went out and tweeted 24 reasons why Mahomes deserves that contract. Zero doubts he will win more Super Bowls. And 24, space, 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 reasons, zero, space, space, doubt. That is 24 to zero, which was the lead the Houston Texans held over the Kansas City Chiefs this past postseason. And I I mean, (laughs) you got to ask yourself, what really was the beef between DeAndre Hopkins and this organization? I mean, he's gone. He's been gone for a couple months. And it's still hot. It's still, it's, 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 it's still, it's still ringing right now. And I, and I just thought that tweet was hilarious. People are going to take it too far and, you know, come up with whatever what they want to come up with. I mean, we see the replies under it right now, but goodness gracious, that tweet was funny. <laughs> Listen, I loved his 24 to zero tweet. Um, taking a shot at the Houston Texans. But at the end of the day, I don't think it was nothing malicious behind this. I just think he was just poking fun at the situation. However, on the flip side of things, John, emotions from this trade are still going to run high. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but on Monday, Deshaun Watson appeared on Carmelo Anthony's YouTube show, What's in Your Glass? And even Deshaun Watson um, came out and said that he is still hurt that the Texans gave away DeAndre Hopkins. With all that being said, I know DeAndre Hopkins still feels some kind of way because this was not a trade that none of us saw coming. It was literally, we woke up one morning and saw the headlines, Texans might trade DeAndre Hopkins for a first-round pick. All of a sudden, two hours later, boom, DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) This was a trade nobody saw coming. And yes, it has been four months since this trade went down. But it's going to take a long time for this wound to be healed. And depending on how this trade play out for not only the Texans organization, but for DeAndre Hopkins himself, this deal could leave a pretty nasty, ugly scar on both respected parties. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of making light, Deshaun Watson was working out in 107 degrees uh, with his quarterback, Coach Quincy Avery. And uh, Brandon Cooks, these guys have continuously put in as much work as they possibly can while quarantining. And I'll say one thing about it. It has been inspiring. It's been inspiring because they are not taking any days off that they're not forced to take. And I mean, I just I just really appreciate it. 
I really do. And I, I think what that does is it brings a level of anticipation, right? You want to see if the product that will be placed on the field would be worth the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, excitement that has been building up because with the least amount of news possible, with the least amount of action possible throughout this offseason, the Houston Texans, they've done a few things to stay relevant. They sound Laramie Tunsil. That brings expectations and excitement because now you would expect and be excited that the number of sacks will go down whenever they have an opportunity to get him in a training camp. Uh, you have second-year players that are coming along. You bring in Brandon Cooks. You bring in Randall Cobb, David Johnson with the trade for the DeAndre Hopkins. So now you're expecting to see uh, a revamped version of David Johnson, and you're excited to see the possibilities of a Duke and David Johnson in the backfield, right? There's so many aspects of this team. Charles who coming into his second year, you're going to get guys back off injury. You're, you're going to get, you know, um, there's a new D.C. Tim Kelly's going to be calling the offense. We've talked about this over and over again, but the expectation and excitement brings the anticipation of what could possibly come from this season if we have it. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for sticking around for the second segment and ultimately the rest of the show. We really appreciate it. You know, we'll be discussing the first part of the show when we got things kicked off yeah we discussed a funny tweet from DeAndre Hopkins but the expectations and anticipation and excitement that's going to come with this upcoming season because you know Cody what I thought about over the break was we are still in the unknown why a lot of shakeup has happened departures arrivals uh changes we've had organizational changes like when we look at the cap Right. We, we've had a cap master for years here in Houston and now he's gone. And so organization changes, front office changes, coaching staff changes. There's been a lot that we can kind of, you know, forget about or it gets lost in the sauce a lot of times. So what we wanted to do today, we wanted to bring in Ryan Freeberg, who writes for HoustonSportsPress.com. Uh, he's going to discuss what the Texans have for this upcoming season and everything that comes with it for a short amount of time. And gradually throughout the year, Ryan will be back with us. But, you know, enough of me talking. Ryan, Mr. Freeberg, what's going on? Hey, guys. How are we doing today? Thank you, my brother, for accepting our invitation to be a guest on this show. Now, Ryan, I hate to do this to you, man, but John and myself know every since the trade went down in March, the number one topic every time we do a guest spot, on anybody's show is what do you think of the trade of DeAndre Hopkins? And <laughs> I hate to do this to you, man, but because the tables are reversed, we would like to know first, what was your initial thoughts when you found out that the Houston Texans have traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for David Johnson in the second round pick? At first I was really, uh, I was really taken back, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure David Johnson uh, was either uh he was in the top three for receiving backs last year. And with the absence of Carlos Hyde, uh, they're going to be looking for someone to compliment Duke Johnson in the backfield. And my immediate reaction was what just happened. Uh, Houston definitely took the L on this, but the more I looked into it, honestly, I still think there is a lot of question marks and it's not going, we really don't know who won this trade. 
an initial reaction, it looks like Arizona won the trade. Uh, but I really don't think we can. I don't. I don't really think we can say that until the season hits. And honestly, the one-two punch of Duke Johnson and David Johnson is a mismatch in the secondary when it comes to linebackers. I don't think there's many linebacking cores in the NFL that can keep up with that if used effectively, but that's remained to be seen. Uh, from my understanding, uh, offensive coordinator Tim Kelly, I think, I'm, I think I have the name right. I forgot the – not in front of me. But uh, I think he's going to be uh, having a larger role in, in the, the offensive play calling this season, and I think we could really see some – unique play structure. So let's talk about the upcoming season and what it can bring, right? We mentioned Tim Kelly. Yes, he will have the bigger role this season. Uh, we also know that there is a new DC, Anthony Weaver, <clears throat> a lot of shakeup with this organization and franchise on the field, off the field. What are some of the expectations can the Texans, you know, bring to the field defensively and what can some of the fans expect as well? I think the biggest upside heading into this year is going to be the secondary. Um, we have second-year cornerback Lonnie Johnson coming back. He uh, last year recorded something like 41 tackles, I think 34 solo, uh, appeared in 14 games for Houston. He started seven. Um, at 200 and I want to say he's 213, 215 pounds. He's, he's, he's about six foot two. He's really great size. Uh, he played a little bit stiff last season, uh, which showed at times he got beat on a few really critical coverage moments, but uh, he just posted a video actually recently working out with footwork King Rashad Whitfield, uh, who's known throughout the league to really, uh, to really be an excellent trainer. He's worked out with guys like Eric Ebron and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, He really helps guys uh, unlock their full potential, you know, kind of working on that fluid motion and uh, trying to get away from that hip locking that a lot of young cornerbacks seem to seem to get stuck on. But between Gary on Conley, uh, Radley Roby, Justin Reed, I think there's a really solid uh, cornerback and safety group there. Uh, I do think that they're going to bring in one more safety. The strong safety has yet to be determined. we got guys on the roster right now like Michael Thomas or Jalen Watkins, but I don't necessarily see them as the starter. Michael Thomas maybe – has a little bit more of a lead there. I do think there is a potential to bring uh, Justin Reed's brother, Eric Reed in. There's been a few rumors. I think even in Vegas, you can bet on it as a potential, uh, as a, as Houston, as a potential landing spot. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a heavy possibility. Uh, there's still 19.2 million in cap room still available. Uh, so I think they make one last move before the season starts, but Time will tell when training camp's around the corner. With training camp around the corner, the possibility and rumors of A.B. swirling around, what are you expecting for the Houston Texans offensively if they get Antonio Brown? Or without him, do you think they have a chance to be a top-tier offense? Honestly, A.B. is a <laughs> A.B. is a massive question mark, as we saw last season. Jumping around a few different teams, uh, obviously had his own struggles on and off the field. Not really on the field, but staying on the field, at least. Um, but Houston's receiving core, even with the absence of DeAndre Hopkins, is incredible. So we got Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, 
Randall Cobb, Kahale Waring at tight end. Um, and also the rookie who was drafted, I believe, in the fifth round, Isaiah Coulter. It's a really solid group, and it's a speedy group. I mean, all of these guys, the slowest one among them uh, is probably Randall Cobb, who at last I checked ran a 4.46, and that's nothing to slouch about. I mean, we have a Houston has a potential for a really speedy group, kind of kind of referencing back to those old Oakland Raider days of uh, speed kills. I think they're trying to replicate that uh, sort of offensive approach here, and I think it could work out for them. Uh, there's a lot of question marks, though. How are they going to use uh, Uke and David Johnson effectively together? Uh, Carlos Hyde was their bell cow back last year. Uh, can David Johnson step into that role? I think Duke could, but it's but it remains to be seen. Um, on the offensive line, uh, I think you're going to see an improved unit. I will say that Nick Martin is probably the standout. Uh, ESPN actually had him ranked as the seventh highest center in the league last year, uh, only giving up uh, a quarterback pressure or a sack on 5% of downs. He's a bright spot, along with Laramie Tunsil, of course. So hopefully we see a little bit of a uh, renewed focus on the offense. Losing D-Hop obviously hurts. There's no way around that. Um, but the ceiling is still high. Hopefully we see Kiki QT get back involved in the offense. There's a lot of question marks around what happened last year. Uh, but hopefully he gets back involved because he can be dangerous, as we saw in his rookie year against the Colts, I believe, in that in that breakout game. He had like 12 or 13 catches, if I remember correctly. He has the potential. It's just getting on the field at this point. You mentioned the potential of this receiving core, and that is part of the reason why I feel the Texans will still be a good team and in some cases better next season. They go from having a guy who can do it all to multiples giving Watson a bevy of options each Sunday. So when you take a look at how great this team can be, what's your biggest concern heading into next season? What's that one factor that makes you say, if this happens, next season could be a nightmare for the Texans? If Houston has problems, I don't think it's going to come back from leadership and communication, at least not on the field. Um, Deshaun is a dynamic athlete. He's a he's a leader of men. And the same thing could be said for J.J. on the other side of the ball. Um, I think the biggest issue that's going to come back to it is uh, probably injuries, as we've seen multiple years in a row now. Um, can Will Fuller stay on the field? Uh, can Brandon Cooks? avoid getting another head injury uh can kiki qt uh get his hamstring issues under control i don't think that was a massive issue last year but his rookie season i remember was plagued by multiple multiple hamstring injuries um if you can keep the core group on the field of course that can be said for any team but i think this team is a very high has a very high ceiling at least to get to the divisional round again um that being said, speaking of the divisional round, it goes back to the leadership on the sideline. Um, I'm probably in the minority when I say this. I think Bill O'Brien is a good coach. There has hmm. been game time. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's okay. And to be honest, Ryan, I was with you. I was a Bill O'Brien supporter until he 
traded Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips, and he didn't even worry about getting a sandwich and a drink to go with it. It was just yeah. like, you know, get, get away. But at the same time, I kind of understand it because I knew that the Texans had to put themselves in a position where they had to sign Laramie Tunsil. And then, of course, everyone knows the big, gigantic, massive deal that Patrick Mahomes signed. Now, I don't think Watson is going to get 10 years worth half a billion, but no. they they still have to put themselves in a position where they can go out and, and, and give Watson that extension. But at the same time, even though I understand why you parted ways with those guys, you could have got something back, at least additional high draft picks for either one of those guys. So I'm with you to a certain extent. My, my, my likeness for Bill O'Brien has gone down a little bit, but I think if he can at least get this team to the, to a conference championship game, I will say that I believe that O'Brien is a good coach again. There has been Bill O'Brien has had his ups and downs. I think everybody can agree with that. Uh, The Kansas city chiefs game was a, um, was a moment in history that uh, longtime Houston fans uh, probably had flashbacks to that Oilers game against Buffalo back in the mid nineties. I will say this though. The AFC South does not get a lot of credit around the league. It's a very competitive division, but to me, it's hyper-competitive. I mean, the Titans went all the way to the AFC Championship game. Two or three years before that, Jacksonville did the same thing. And Indianapolis, as we know, is damn good no matter who the quarterback is. To win the division consistently takes takes a good leader and a good coach. Has he misstepped at times? Possibly. Um, the, like I said, the Kansas City Chief game, that left a lot of sour taste in in a lot of fans' heads. Um, but I think that his his overall game plan is still strong. Um, but can he execute at this point is the biggest question I have. In relation to the trades, uh, the D-Hop trade I'm still struggling with. I don't get that one. I will say Clowney, though. I think overall that was a good trade because as we're seeing, he didn't Clowney didn't re-sign with Seattle. So we knew he wasn't necessarily going to be a Texan for long-term anyways. He was getting something for somebody that was going to be gone very shortly. Um, And I think Jacob Martin, who was part of that trade has been a very underrated player for Houston so far. Very strong asset. Ryan, we want to thank you for joining in today and, like I said earlier, we will bring you in throughout the season if we have a season. I'm still kind of up in the air on that one, but we really appreciate it. Please let the listeners know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, of course. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Freeberg underscore Ryan. Uh, I, can, I post fairly consistently. I also write for Houston Sports Press. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the same handle. Um, I hope to be back on soon, guys. I greatly appreciate it. As sad as it might be, Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to let the DeAndre Hopkins situation go. And with all that being said, it is now time for us to switch our attention to the 2020 season. If we have a season, prayfully we do. And to get everybody prepared for the upcoming season, as you guys know, I actually do some work for ESPN Houston for their website, Sports Map, where I cover the Houston Texans on there as well. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm actually going to break down every single player at every single position where I talk about what they can actually bring to the upcoming season. 
And it's going to be, let's say, over the next three weeks leading up to the start of training camp on July 28th. Yesterday was the first installment of my position previews. And, of course, I had to start with possibly the easiest position when you talk about the Houston Texans, the quarterback position. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much work Agent McCarron has put in his offseason. Everyone knows Deshaun Watson is going to be the starting quarterback heading into the 2020 season. Now, with all that being said, the one aspect of Watson's game I want to see him improve in is getting rid of the ball soon enough. Because last year, we know that he nearly cut his sacks numbers in half, and a huge part of that was due to the fact that he had a better offensive line. But 44 sacks in 2019, I want to see that continuously go down. And a big part of that, of him not only getting sacks, but him taking all these unnecessary hits, is the fact that he has to get rid of the ball earlier. And yes, I know we love to see him do his magic. We call him the Houston Denny and whatnot. But I don't want to see Deshaun Watson go down like Andrew Luck, where he has taken so many unnecessary hits where he retires early. So dissecting Deshaun Watson was very easy. We all know how good he is. I mean, this is a guy, if he would have played that last game in 2019, he would have recorded his second straight season of recording over 4,000 passing yards. But 2020, Deshaun Watson, please let go the ball early. We want to see you have a healthy, successful career. All it takes is for one bad hit. And the Deshaun Watson we know could be gone. So hopefully he learns how to maneuver in that pocket a little bit better. And please just let go of that ball. Without a shadow of a doubt, that is the easiest outside of left tackle. <laughs> and then the only reason why you would, you know, look at left tackles for backups. But that is the, you know, easiest position to look and analyze for the 2020-2021 season. No, no problem. Hey, go ahead. But you're right about one thing, Cody, and that is getting the ball out quicker. But I also think we will see a difference because the last two years we've seen 64 sacks, 67, almost 70 sacks, and then 40-plus last year. That's almost 120 sacks in two years. What we will see is a better job. I, I really believe this a better job of scheming plays to get the ball out quicker. That way the offense can get rolling faster. It's kind of like the Bill uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels effect and what they have, right? I remember watching an interview and the basis of the interview for the New England Patriots was what is the difference between running and getting three yards compared to passing and getting three yards. There is no difference. The only difference is you're getting your offense, I would say, jump-started quicker because we know that this is a passing league. And so that will help in all aspects, keeping him upright, getting the ball out quicker, jump-starting your offense quickly. And, you know, I know I mentioned A.J. McCarron. I also want to bring this up. If by any chance something happens to Deshaun Watson, I pray to God it don't. The Texans actually have a solid quarterback in McCarron. Now, we saw what he was able to do last season um, in the season finale against the Tennessee Titans. Um, but at the end of the day, A.J. McCarron is a solid backup. I would like to see. Hopefully, they can do this. Now, I'm hoping in 2020, if they can stay healthy, 
and the Texans can actually exceed expectations and be that high power offense. People are kind of starting to expect when you look on Instagram, when you look on Twitter and see Deshaun Watson working out with Brandon Cooks, you know, everybody's like, okay, I think this might be a little special duo. And then, of course, you know, you add in Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb. The Texans, they they can be a dangerous team. Now, with all that being said, you know, going back to the A.J. McCarron situation, I would like to see him get a, just a little bit more reps just to keep Deshaun Watson fresh. Because what I also don't want to see from Watson is, let's say he does get this team to where there are 12-4 and four or 13-3 and three or something like that. Then you get to the playoff, he has ran out of gas. Try to work out like a dual quarterback system similar to what we see with the Saints, but not as much because we know Deshaun Watson is nowhere near at the end of his career like Drew Brees. But, you know, just to have A.J. McCarron just to keep Deshaun Watson fresh just a little bit longer throughout the season because we never know how far this team might go in the playoffs. And the last thing I want to see is another franchise star in Houston get gassed in the playoffs. You know what other franchise star I'm referring to. Well, we're not going to get gas. We're bringing you guys the latest news update rumors that includes the Houston Texans. I'm John Sun Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook as well. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports, Houston Sports Press on Twitter as well at Houston Sports Press. Go to the website, subscribe, enter your name into the $25 giveaway. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And please be sure to check out the rest of our installments of Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.